We're going to look at a few things this morning, um, and I pray that I'm not going to take much of your time because there are quite a number of activities to be done today. So just want to quickly look at the subject for the week as we discuss to digest the content within the week as different people will be looking at it. I just want to bless the name of the Lord for this privilege this morning. Um, I've been granted to share the word of God to us this morning. It's not taken for granted at all. It's deeply appreciated to be considered worthy of verse to be used to communicate to God's people this morning. And I want to say thank you to Pastor David and the leadership of the church for this great privilege. And I want to begin this morning by looking at the subject that we're going to look at today. We're running our series on the purpose and the time. The purpose and the power of time. And Pastor has looked at it very last two Sundays, considering um, initiation and expiration, the purpose of time and expiration, and then also looking at last week, termination and um, expression last week. So today we're going to look at the of time with respect to scattering and gathering. So that's what we're going to focus on today, and we because there's never enough time to share anything in God's house. Um, then different people and other verses the Lord will be using across the week will you know, start looking at it from different perspective and digesting it as the Spirit of the Lord gives them inspiration and utterance. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I want to crave your indulgence this morning. If you just focus your attention to what the Lord is about to say to us, and you also ask the Lord for grace to be able to implement these things in your life, because just like we sang in that song, trusting and obeying Him is the only way to be happy. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We'll just start from where we read. Um, Brother led us very powerfully in that um, opening reading scripture, just like our custom is. Um, we read Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1 to 11. But we're just going to pick a scripture there, 5 and 6, and then we'll carry on to see what the Lord wants to communicate to our spirits this morning. Um, verse 5 and 6, Ecclesiastes chapter 3. I don't know if our projection is very functional today. And um, if there are still challenges, I, I think you just need to be spotted on your tablets or, or mobile devices or, or your paper Bible like I've got mine here. I also want to acknowledge the presence of everyone online worshiping with us today. The same blessing the Lord um, has here with us is also with you online in the name of Jesus. The grace the Lord is communicating here is also communicated to you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. The Bible said in verse 5 of that Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 5 and 6, it says, A time to cast away stones 
and a time to gather stones a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing and verse 6 at a time to gain and a time to lose a time to keep and a time to throw away you see generosity is something that prospers a person generosity prospers an individual stinginess impoverishes praise the lord stinginess impoverishes what you give you gain back what you give you gain but what you keep you lose what you give you gain i repeat what you keep you lose jesus said he that loses his life will gain it but he that loses he said, he that keeps his life rather will lose it. But he that loses his life for my sake, he said, he will gain it. And when you remember, Peter came to him. It's always very confrontational. <laughs> and he came to him and said, we've left everything and we're following you. We left family, career, a lot of things. We're following you, master. What is the profit of this venture? Explain it now. Give us your business proposal. Let's know how to follow it. And Jesus said, anyone that has left anything in this world, he will gain it back hundredfold. But to show that it's not the focus, he said, then thereafter, life eternal. That's the greatest. Just to show there's no physical material or time you lose for the kingdom that is a west. When I say Jesus said, I'm referring to the creator, the owner of the universe. The greatest power that ever existed. The self-existing God. Whose word is a verdict. The Bible says his words are yea and amen. Nothing can overturn it. It's sealed. That's why we sang that song. It's so sweet to trust in Jesus. And to take him by his word. By his word. And the second stanza of that song says, I'm so glad that I trust in him. I'm so glad. He said, precious Jesus, my friend. And he said, I'm so glad that thou will be with me. And thou will continually be with me until the end. Jesus said, whoever that keeps his life will lose it. But if you lose it for my sake, he said, you gain it back. 
The Bible says, a time to cast away stones, a time to gather stones. A time to gain, a time to lose, a time to keep, and a time to throw away. Can we look at um, Proverbs chapter 11? Proverbs 11, 24. The Bible says, there is one who scatters yet increases more, increases more and there is one who withholds more than is right but it leads to poverty 25 says the general soul will be made rich and he who waters will also be watered himself can we bring it in amplified version is it possible Can we bring the scripture in Amplified? Or should I read from a rent? Right, thank you. Verse 24, please. Thank you. It says, There are those who generously scatter abroad and yet increase more. If you just keep the scripture there, please. There are those who generously scatter abroad and yet increase more is a mystery you know jesus said it is given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven it is given by who by the holy spirit not by the mind not by sensual thinking it is given to you to know, to understand the mysteries of the kingdom, the Bible says. But to others, it says these things are spoken in parables. Because it doesn't make sense humanly. It doesn't make sense in your mind to say that you give, then you get. It doesn't make sense. It's a mystery. It's one of the keys that opens doors in the kingdom. Is a key. Is a door opener. He said there are those who generously scatter abroad. Those who have that understanding. Not everybody. Those with that appropriate, adequate understanding. He said they scatter abroad and yet they increase the more. And there are those who withhold more than is fitting. Or what is justly due. But it results only in want. The next verse, please. Verse 25. It's then it said, The liberal person shall be enriched. The liberal soul shall be enriched. And he who waters shall himself be watered. He who waters shall himself be watered again. You know, the scripture is full of mysteries. I'll show you, I'll show you where you can directly apply the scripture to know how it works. Can we bring Psalms 112, please? Psalms 112. Psalms 112. If we read from verse 1. Psalm 112. 
He said, praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in his commandments. I want you to, to note something here. It didn't say the man will be blessed who fears the Lord. That's a difference. It didn't say the man will be blessed. It said blessed. In other words, the Lord is speaking what is already in his past. He said in the heavenlies, it is a concluded matter that when a man decides to live in reverence of the Lord and when a man decides to delight in his word that word delight there means pleasurable it means attractiveness it means desirable is the word chafet, C-H-A-F-E-T-S, chafet. It means pleasurable to, you know, to desire something intensely, to be attracted to something. It said, blessed that in the kingdom is already a concluded matter that when a man decides, when I mean man, I mean both male and female, Bible says male and female created he them, he called them Adam. So that's the what I'm referring to. So there's no gender difference there. It says, Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly, not just delights, but delights greatly. Is putting emphasis on the degree of desire. Just like the Bible says, he is a rewarder of those who diligently is, is defining the extent. The extent that can be approved to inherit this blessing. It's a blessed, it's a concluded matter. It's the man who fears the Lord and delights greatly in his commandments. greatly in his commandments delights greatly in his commandment then they say his descendants look at what follows next because when you're serving the lord it's not just you it goes beyond it goes beyond that's why till tomorrow israel is still a treasure in the heart of the lord Israel is still a, he calls them Hefzibah. My delight. He said, your land shall no more be time forsaken. No. Shall no longer be time desolate. No. He said, for you are my delight. He said, you are called Hefzibah. My delight. He said, why the Lord is so jealous about Israel? Say you are called. So there's no way you would delight in the word of the Lord and then it becomes you have a desolate relationship with it. 
There's no way you have delight in the word of the Lord and then that that your 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 the definition of your relationship with that word is God forsaken. You cannot forsake. That's why I said this word of the Lord or this law shall not depart out of your mouth. Meaning that is your daily thinking. It's your, it has overwhelmed your mind. Because out of the heart, the mouth speaks. Thank you, sir. Out of the mouth, the heart, out of the heart, the mouth speaks. So the Bible said, This book of the law shall not depart. Because it said, Then thou shalt meditate on it day and night. Thou shalt meditate. The word meditate there is called Hagar. Beside utterances and speaking and moaning to yourself, beside growling, another word there is device. So your word, your heart is always devising something from the world. It's devising something. He said, Thou shalt meditate. Thou would cons consistently devise something from your heart. Because the word has saturated your heart. He said, That then thou mayest observe to do. You see that? That then thou mayest observe to do according to all. Because you're always devising. You're always thinking about the world. You're always navigating it through the world. And then that, that you'll be able to, 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 to do. And he said, for then. If you read that Joshua 1.8. He said, for then. In other words, the, you see, there's a precondition before the prosperity. He said, for then you will make your way prosperous. For then you will make your way prosperous. It's not a success yet. It's that you will make your way prosperous. Just by dwelling on the world. You will, just by that alone. It's a pastor read something. One of the, I think the last, the last um, victory praise night. Or I can't remember. But one of the night meetings we heard, we held here. Pastor read something about Joseph. Joseph was in the prison under guards and yet he was called a successful man. He has not been let go yet from prison. But the Bible says the hand of the Lord was upon him and he was called a successful man. Why? He was always regurgitating on the world. Devising something from the world that is in him. The Bible says, for then you will make your way prosperous. Then you have good success. The Bible says, his descendants will be mighty. Verse 2. His descendants, that's the one want to please. Verse 2. His descendants will be mighty on earth. He said, the generation of the upright will be blessed. His descendants or offsprings will be mighty on earth, mighty people of influence. 
and the generation of the upright will be blessed. Why? Because the man references the Lord and the man delights. Now, verse 3 said, wealth and riches. We're going somewhere. Wealth and riches will be in his house and his righteousness endures. Wealth and riches does not substitute his righteousness. Inasmuch as he is looking for, you know, means to to, to, to be blessed materially yet it does not it's not a substitutionary measure for his commitment to the things of the lord the bible says his righteousness endures at the same time the bible says i wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as your soul prospereth god wants the prosperity and the righteousness to be at par proportional to each other even as your soul not that you are being in wealth and affluence but there's no longer god in you prayer life is dead study life is dead everything is now anchored your hope is now anchored on the materialism god said wish above all things above everything as your soul is prospering, every other thing will be at par with it. That you may that thou mayest prosper, even as your soul. So the Bible says his righteousness endures forever. He said, Unto the end there arises light in the darkness. He is gracious and full of compassion and righteousness. Verse 5. A good man deals graciously and lends. A good man deals graciously and lends. He will guide his affairs with discretion. Surely he will never be shaken. The righteous will be in everlasting remembrance. Then verse 7. He says he will not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. His heart is established. He will not be afraid until he sees his desire upon his enemies. Now verse 9. Why? Why are all these things, all these accolades that have been enlisted here for a man that fears and delights in the world, in the Lord? Why? Verse 9 says he has dispersed abroad. He has offered something to the Lord. He has dispersed abroad. He has given to the poor. So how does that connect? The Bible says, he lendeth to the Lord that giveth to the poor. He lendeth to the Lord. Proverbs 19.17 He lendeth to the Lord that giveth to the poor. And said the Lord himself will repay him. The Lord himself will do what? And if the Lord repays a man, if the Lord rewards a man, you see, the scripture is a strong evidence that God's justice system is fair to everybody. I say that again. 
the scriptures and evidence that God's justice system is fair to everybody. That's why Peter said in, in Acts chapter 10 verse 34, he said, I didn't give the scriptures, he says, for I perceive that God is not a respecter. When, that's when he came out from Colonial's house. That God is not a respecter of any man. He said, if any man in any nation fears him, he said, God will, re will respond to him. The scripture is an evidence that God's justice system is fair to all. Yes. The Bible said these things happen because of verse 9. He has dispersed abroad. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. And then the Bible says his horn will be exalted with honor. The Bible says there's no point waking up in the morning, going to bed late, only to eat the bread of sorrows. That is the system of the world. Can we open um, Psalm, 1, 1, Psalm 127, please? Psalm 127. Psalm 127, verse 1 and 2. He said, unless the Lord builds the house, that is how it works. The labor in vain who build it, unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. Verse 2, please. Verse 2. Now he says, it is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows. The bread of sorrow there is referring to hard labor. Eating the bread of hard labor. That is the bread of sorrow. He said, for he gives his beloved sleep. Now, King James, though he's an Englishman, but he struggled to, put, to render that. Now, the, if you look at complete Jewish Bible, I wrote it down here. It says, in vain do you get up early and put off going to bed, working hard to earn a living for he provides for his beloved, even when they sleep. That's the correct rendition. He provides for his beloved, even when they sleep. That's complete Jewish Bible version. And of course, you can't argue that because they, are, they speak Hebrew. <laughs> right? So they know the exact translation. In vain do you get up early and put off going to bed, working hard to earn a living, for he provides for his beloved. You see, that is, is, is the principle of the world. But the mystery of the kingdom is that you give and then you'll be given back to you. You cannot work out how it would happen. I told you I needed some school fees about 8,000 plus within three weeks gap. How can I get that? How on earth can I get 8,000 plus? It's not possible. When I was doing my PhD, I think either first or second year, I can't remember now. But as I prayed, Lord said to me, there's a need somewhere in Africa, Nigeria precisely, meet that need. And that's the money I wanted to call up. I wanted to call that money up to support. She said, it will be less than 200,000. I don't know the conversion now, what it is now, because the thing keeps changing every day. But then, Exchange was about 250 naira per pound. I wanted to call that money up at least to support what I have and then see how to make up. But the law says there is someone that wants to pay her school fees. Pay it. 
What did I do? I called them up. Said, "Oh, uh, this need is is it still there?" They said, "Yes, it's okay." What's the account number? And I sent that money. Then, my friend, that was 2015 exactly. Then, I was to do, you know, a best man for my friend. And I went to halls to help him fix things. As we were just helping him carry things to the hall, you know, hall, the city called hall. Then, we're trying to carry things to the hall, a physical hall. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> I, I, I needed uh, one of the British children to tell me how to pronounce hall. Is it, is it all or hall? I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, it's a city far away from here. Now, as I just bent down to carry, I got an alert on my phone. What has happened? I've been credited a substantial amount of money. And I told my friend that's waiting, said, you remember I told you the Lord made, told me to meet a particular need just two days ago? He said, yes. I said, that's to see what the Lord has just done. He looked at this and said, he said, Pastor Moses, wow. I said, that is it. So this thing doesn't answer to title. It doesn't matter whether you're a pastor, bishop, or whatever. You have to do as he beats you. That's why we sang that song. It's so sweet to trust in Jesus and to take him by his word. It takes grace. It takes what? Grace. It takes grace. So there's a number of things. I, I, I don't want to bore you with my personal testimony. that so many of them. But Jesus said, can we have John chapter 12, please? John chapter 12. Jesus said, Jesus himself now, this is the one that created this world. Um, he said, 24, the 24th verse, thank you. Most assuredly, I said to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. Except, he said, except. He said, and he said, most assuredly. Most assuredly. So Jesus is saying, on this one, God will not change his mind. <laughs> he said, except a corn of wheat falls to the ground and dies. He said, It remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. Then verse 25 says, He who loves his life will lose it. And he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Jesus himself is telling you the Lord needs so many children. In the world he has sent one except this one becomes vulnerable to his word the ultimate of his dream would never happen god himself is telling you except he becomes vulnerable when you see anyone god is using in any dimension at all whether it's to be a financial pillar to the kingdom or you know to demonstrate the glory and the power of god's spirit those people are vulnerable to the word of God. God won't have anything to, to do with you if you're not vulnerable to his word. You must be vulnerable. You must. Excuse me. 
you must be vulnerable to his word. Jesus said the corn of wheat must fall to the ground and die. Else, it remains alone. Else, it will not produce any more fruit. Else, nothing else can be credited to him. Else, it will become only what is available. Only what is available. Except the corn of wheat falls to the ground and dies. Just like that widow in First Kings chapter 17, when Elijah entered her house, she said, make me meet to it. She said, no, the only one we have there is just for myself and for my son because I was famine and we'll eat and die. Elijah said, go make for me. He said, as the Lord liveth. As the Lord does what? As the Lord liveth. As the Lord liveth. He said, the being of the floor will never finish. And the cruise of oil will continue in this house. Till the day the Lord will send rain on the earth. But don't forget, he said something that preceded that declaration. He said something that made that thing happen. He's telling you that he is a man that's vulnerable to the Lord. He said, as the Lord liveth. Remember, Elijah would always say, as the Lord liveth before whom I stand. And yet, you see, will die before him. You didn't get that. You didn't get that. He will say, as the Lord liveth before whom I stand. Remember when Ahab, you know, sent Obadiah to go look for him. He said, as the Lord liveth before whom I stand. Yet, it was Obadiah standing there. What does it tell you? He's a man of divine presence. He's always conscious of what is inside rather than what is outside. It tells you that he is a man who knows what God says by time because he is vulnerable to what God says. And he says to her, as the Lord liveth, the being of the floor would not finish. And the woman, the Bible says, did as the Lord has commanded. Now read the rest for yourself. You find out that the floor did not finish. You find out that the oil did not finish until rain returned on earth. Obedience. It's so sweet to trust in Jesus. I can tell you this. Just to take him by his word. Yes. Just to rest. To rest, not to gallivant. To rest upon his promise. And to know, does say it, the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now can we look at Proverbs 13 and verse 7. Proverbs 13 and verse 7. Proverbs 13 and verse 7. He said, there is one who makes himself rich, yet has nothing. And one who makes himself poor, yet has great riches. If that is all you got today, you are blessed. Are we blessed? Are we blessed? He said, there is one who makes himself rich, yet has nothing. And one who makes himself poor, yet has great riches. Let's walk with the Lord. The Bible says in Romans 14, 9, it says to this end, 
Let me get it. Romans 14, 9. He said, for to this end, Christ, for to this end, because of these scriptural provisions about scattering before you gather, he said, to this end, Christ died and rose and lived again that he might be Lord of both the dead and what? If he didn't die, what would happen? He would never be the Lord. The Bible says, for to this end, Christ had to go into the ground as a wheat falls to the ground and dies. You know what happened? That's what happens in Christianity. If you come to the Lord with your life, you aren't going to see his glory one bit. No. <laughs> no. He's dead man. Dead man. Yes, he's dead man that demonstrate the glory. Dead not alive. That doesn't mean your human mind is not working, but you have become so vulnerable. You've yielded everything. Because the Bible said, a contrite and a broken spirit. What will happen? The Lord will not despise. It's impossible. A contrite and a broken spirit. And mind you, there's a time for these things. There's always a time. You don't have you know, infinity to accomplish a thing or to live here. No. That's a time. That's a time frame, a time limit. A time limit. Jesus knew he had only three and a half years here and he was so focused. Every day he had a plan what to achieve for the kingdom. Every single day. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Are we blessed? Because there are too many things here and I'm looking at time at the same time. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Okay. Let's just look at um, one more thing. One more thing. And then we'll pray. Luke chapter 6, verse 36, uh, verse 38. Luke 6. If we can bring it on uh, Amplified Version, please. Luke 6. Yes. Luke 6, 38. I want to read this. It's a non-scripture that we know. But I want to show you how Amplified rendered it. It says, give and it will be given to you. Give and it will be given. It didn't say who. It didn't say who. It just said that's a law that is enforced. And that law is that you give. Scatter what you have. And then it says, it will be given to you. Now, he said, they will pour into your lap a good measure. They will pour into your lap a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over 
with no space left for more he said for with the standard of measurement you use when you do good to others it will measure to you in return with the standard of measurement you use when you do good to others it will measure to you in return it's a day that's how god blesses give and it shall be given let me show you something media if you just help me with ask 28 i don't think i gave that scripture ask 28 if i show you something about the man called publius you know i i want to show you something ask 28 if you look at 7 and 8 please ask 28 verse 7 and verse 8 we know when paul bothered that you know if it is sheep and they had a lot of issues on the way and all that i don't want to go into what led to that but they found themselves finally in the island of Malta. Malta is just the south of Cilicia and Italy, just in Europe here. They found themselves in that island. And of course, um, the people gathered and, you know, put sticks together and all that because of, of the rain. They could perceive, though they are strangers, but the people could perceive that this people had much trouble and they were cold. They put fires together and all that. Now, in verse 7, the Bible says, in that region, there was an estate of the leading citizen of the island. So there was a leader there. And his name was called Publius. Who received Paul said, who received us and entertained us courteously for three days. He was a very civil man. He honored them respectfully, though they were strangers. Though he didn't know who they were. The Bible says, he received them and entertained them courteously for three days. Then verse 8, something was listed to something then verse 8 is it, it happened that the father of Publius lay sick of fever and dysentery this was just a given now look at what is going to bring from the realm of the spirit it was a physical treatment it was a physical honor it was a physical honor but the bible says and it happened that the father of Publius lay sick of, of a fever and dysentery then Paul went into him and prayed. And he laid his hands on him and did what? And did what? Material given led to spiritual healing. Material given led to spiritual healing. So when you give your offering, you give your time, you pay your tithe, you do whatever the Lord wants you to do. But don't forget, you must first give yourself to the Lord. The Bible says they first give themselves to the Lord and then to ourselves. If you don't give yourself to the Lord, the seed can be wasted. Yes. And the Bible says, verse 9, that's M28, please. Verse 9, the Bible says, so when this was done, the rest of those on the island who had diseases also came and were healed. Remember, these guys were part of those in verse 2. The Bible said, and the natives showed us unusual kindness for they kindled the fire and made us welcome. So everyone got something because they first of all gave. 
It's a principle and it's a mystery in the word of the Lord. And don't think that the Lord does not recognize these things. Because when Cornelius was given arms, what happened? The Bible said an angel was dispatched from heaven because of the arms. Not just prayers alone. The angel didn't say because you prayed alone. He said the arms has also come up as an offering, as a sacrifice. So let us take advantage of the word of the Lord. In 2 Kings chapter 4, the Bible said, the man of God kept passing. Then the Shunammite woman went to the husband. He said, I perceive that this man is a holy man of God. Can we put something for him by the wall? Let's make a room for him so that, you know, put a chair. Honor was what she gave. But at the time, she didn't actually know that she was preparing that bed to raise his son back to life. He didn't know. She didn't know, rather. But it was the first given. Second King chapter 4. Read it for yourself. There's no time. After she did that, when the child cried, my head, my head, and gave up in the afternoon, it was that same bed that she went and put. And because of that giving, she would always draw a virtue out of the man of God. She was always recognized. Even the Bible said, when the woman was going to the Mount Carmel, and it said, Elisha from the mountain saw the woman afar off, and he said to Gehazi, go and meet that woman, because I perceive she's distressed. You see, when you're always, you know, mindful of the things of the kingdom, either you give your money, or your, or your time, or your, your, your heart, or your physical energy, whatever it is you give to the kingdom, there is always a payback day. It will come. And in most cases, it will be to raise what is dead back to life. Can we rise to our feet? Where?